Welcome to the Elevate Your Life podcast with Evelyn Kelly. I'm your host, Evie, life and confidence coach, and I'm here to support you to create unstoppable self-belief and confidence, own your self-worth, and to elevate all areas of your life. Join me for soulful yet straight-talking chats with epic humans, juicy DNMs with me, and loads of inspiration so that you can be the best vision of yourself and live a life you truly love and deserve. Are you with me? Here we go. Hello, welcome back to the Elevate Your Life podcast with Evelyn Kelly. I am your host, Evie, and I am back for another episode, another juicy DNM with me, and this one is just going to be so fun. I'm really excited to record this and create this podcast for you all. I put a little questions box on my Instagram stories a couple of times in the last week, asking for you to ask me questions that you want to know about me, my life, my journey, anything about coaching, a mindset. Um, yeah, essentially I, I gave you full permission to ask me absolutely anything. So I have collated all of your questions and I am going to go answer them today. It's so always like so fun to interact with you all over on Instagram. I mean, I love podcasting, like love, love, love it, but it is actually really wonderful to get your feedback, your input, all of your questions over on Instagram so that I know that, or well, one, we can connect and talk about it, right? But then also, so then I can create this episode and content that actually serves you, that you actually really like and enjoy and get so much from. That's of course my biggest mission here. So thank you to all of those who popped their questions in. I am so excited to get started. So there was a bit of a range of questions that came through and I'm trying to group them together so they kind of flow and make sense. So the first ones I'm going to start with uh, some of the more personal stuff um, and then we'll move into some other more specific coaching things. So firstly, first question, what does a day look like for you? Oh, so interesting. Okay, so my life has changed considerably over the years. And so this is a typical day for me at the moment. But, uh, you know, there's a couple of key ingredients that are always in there pretty much every single day. But within that, there's also flexibility, right? So a typical day for me, I'm going to choose a weekday because that's probably more common. So I normally wake up really early. I wake up at five most mornings, 5am. My partner Brooke is a florist. We have a flower shop, Brooklyn Flowers in Auckland here in New Zealand. And he is up at the crack of the dawn too, a bit earlier than I do, but he's always off to the flower market. So for years and years and years, I've just kind of got up at a similar time to him anyway. And I'm a total early bird. Like I really like getting up early. I'm yeah not an out night owl at all complete opposite so I'm a morning person mornings are my thing so I'm up really early I normally then exercise in the morning and I normally do a gym class and that's just something that I have just grown to love so much over the years but especially now that I'm working full-time in my business in the last year or so because 
I don't have a big team around me. Like I was used to working in a hospital prior to that and in a physio clinic or in a medical center. So I've always had lots of people around me and I'm such a people person as, as you all know. Um, and you just have to meet me to know that I just freaking love humans. And so it's, it's, I mean, that's one of the challenges from working at home and by myself is that I always love that connection with other people. So going to a big gym class is my jam. I love it. Uh, so I normally go there, do a gym class. I work out for about an hour max and then I normally come home. We have a little puppy called Finn. Go check him out on Instagram. He often features on there if you haven't seen him already. He's just adorable. Anyway, so that's changed my schedule a little bit as well. So normally I will come home from the gym and then I'll grab him and we'll go for a big walk or we'll go down to the off-leash dog park um, and have a play around with him. Then we come home. I normally then shower, get ready for the day, uh, make my breakfast, etc. All of that kind of stuff but the key thing that I do here which I highly recommend is using an app called the think up app think up and essentially what it is is it's an affirmation or mantra app where you can record your own mantras or affirmations in your own voice and then it essentially repeats them out loud to you so I just push play on that and normally that's going in the background as I'm getting ready for the day so I'm essentially like basically priming my brain and my mind for the things that I'm wanting to experience or create. So that's a really powerful tool that I've done almost for a whole year now and I love it. I just swap out the mantras or the affirmations when I feel I need to or when I'm focusing on a different thing. So that's really wonderful. The other thing that I normally do as I'm driving to the gym and the dog park and things like that, I would normally have on a podcast or an audiobook. They have been such a huge part of my life and my journey. I freaking love learning, like just love learning. And I really like learning through podcasts and audiobooks. I just take in so much information there. So way back when, several years ago now, when I was starting on my own personal development journey, podcasts were just like a game changer for me. So that's what I do. Most of the time when I'm driving, I'm always listening to a podcast or an audiobook. However, in saying that, there's definitely times and places for them, right? And there is also a point where you can overdo the podcast or the learning or the growth or the books, you know, all of the things which we can kind of get caught up in sometimes. So there's definitely times when I'll just have the radio on or some music or even silence on my car. I actually really like that. I used to do that a little bit after physio sometimes when I was working in a clinic and if I was you know, just a little bit drained or needed some time, some inner time, I would normally do that on the way home just to reset my nervous system. So yeah, those are two key things that I always do in the morning. So I'm priming my mind, priming my brain, my mindset for what I want to achieve. I'm filtering, you know, being really selective about what I've put into my mind. I pretty much don't watch the news and anything kind of in the media basically because I'm really cautious about what I want to feed my brain so normally it's uplifting inspiring educational stuff that makes me happy that I love 
So that's kind of a little bit of my morning. And then, of course, I would meditate. I will pull an oracle card. And if I have time, I will do some journaling in the morning or scripting. And scripting is essentially writing out my goals or how I want the day or my life to plan out. That's another separate episode. So we'll talk about that another time. But that's essentially my morning. And then I'm right back into work and ready to go. If I don't have time in the morning, if I've got an early client call, for example, then it might look like a a quick walk in the morning or sometimes just sitting outside for a moment or meditating outside. I really like to get outside, move my body or ground myself in nature in some way in the morning. So that's normally what I would do if I'm, I'm pushed for time, but I will try and do at least one of those things in my morning because I know that you know, they're my non-negotiables. So if I don't have time for all of them, then I'll plan them later in the day, but I'll try and do at least one of them to set myself up for success in the morning. So that's changed over the years as well. And, And a lot of you may have heard me saying this about meditation, but I just committed to do it every day, but there was no other parameters. So sometimes if I can't get it done before my morning coaching client call, for example, or I've got another meeting or something on, then I'll do it later in the day. So I don't punish myself. I don't get all caught up in my head about having to look a certain way or do the ideal scenario, right? Like do all of those things because sometimes life just happens and you know bringing in that flexibility and grace around it was just game changing for me so that's a bit about my morning routine uh then essentially I'm working pretty much all day so uh that can look a bit different each day but mostly I see coaching clients four days a week so I have coaching calls via zoom I'm normally have quite a few of those during the day I sometimes have a group coaching call or I might be doing other bits and pieces like this like recording a podcast for example or doing a live masterclass in my free Facebook group which is linked in the show notes if you want to come join us or it could be creating content for Instagram doing podcast interviews for other people's podcasts All of that kind of thing. So I normally have one day a week when I do more of my content creation, more of the admin back end behind the scenes stuff and creating new programs, new ideas and things like that. So that's normally my work day. I always have lunch outside if I possibly can or lunch away from my desk or going into a new environment and having some time away. Ideally, not on screens or my phone or anything, Um, but sometimes I do, but that's okay. Uh, And then what else is important to note? And then I guess I like to also finish my day in a really beautiful way and have a nice end point to it because I work from home. And if you have worked through at home through COVID and lockdowns, or if this is your current reality as well, you'll probably resonate. But it can sometimes feel if we don't have like a designated time or a moment to really, um, you know, highlight that it's the end of the work day and you're moving back into your personal life, then sometimes it can feel like it all kind of just blurs together and there's no real clear boundaries around that. So what I normally try and do is any of the number of, of these things. So either meditate to really, you know, come out of my mind and into my body and connect back into my feminine energy, less of the go, 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 do, do, do. I could go to the gym if I haven't done that in the morning or some kind of exercise, 
or I go out for a quick walk with Finn, our dog, or it could be going to play with him in the garden outside or something similar like that that's really different, gets me out of my office and and my work mode and into my personal world essentially. And then it's, yeah, whatever we're doing in the evening, um, yeah, dinner, maybe watching a program on TV, uh, connecting with my partner Brooke, uh, yeah, and then in the evening, nighttime routines, always having a warm, hot shower, doing doing all of the, you know, brushing your teeth, all of that jazz, um, always having a herbal tea before I go to, t- uh, go to bed, a sleep tea, a chamomile tea of some sort. Then I always journal in the evening, I write down at least three things I'm grateful for and anything else I need to process but that's less often these days and then I normally read for a little bit until I fall asleep and normally that's only a page if that. (laughs) So that's kind of my day. Alrighty moving on. All-time favorite meal. Oh my goodness gosh that's really hard to choose just one. Um Oh, you can't go past avocado and toast. That's pretty, that's like yum, standard. Uh, I don't know if I actually have a favorite meal as such. Sweet potato kumara, that's my jam as well. Love that. But I think my relationship with food has changed a lot actually over the years. Um, yeah, and the things I eat is, is quite different as well. Um, you know, that's kind of been my journey through my 20s, actually. But uh, even in the last couple of years, I have been healing my gut and doing lots of inner work and realized that I have lots of intolerances and allergies and things like that. So I've actually had to change my diet quite a lot over the years. So I think it's really hard to say a specific favorite meal because some of those are now off the cards. Um, but look, I love... Asian Thai, Asian cuisine in general, um, Japanese Thai, love a good curry, mm, anything flavorful and bold, that's me. Okay, next question, favorite podcasts and books? Oh gosh, this is the one question that I actually had to write down some ideas so I didn't forget them all because there's lots. Uh, favorite podcasts and books? Well, favorite podcast, uh, hopefully mine is your favorite podcast. (laughs) I certainly love doing this. This is absolutely my favorite podcast. Uh, Look, other ones that I've loved, I kind of go in phases, but yeah, some of them that I'm loving right now and have for a while. Oh, you can't go past Melissa Ambrosini's podcast, The Melissa Ambrosini Show. She is one of my favorite coaches and um, holistic wellness people. She is super inspiring to me and has been really pivotal in my own personal journey. And her podcast is insane. She has some incredible guests on there. So I'm a huge fan of hers. Uh, I recently started listening to my own business coaches podcast, Ellie Swift. It's called Shine Online with Ellie Swift. I also go in and out of phases of listening to these next two, but have loved uh, Laurie Harder's work. Her podcast is called Earn Your Happy. Uh, So love hers about business and entrepreneurship and uh, generally personal development and then also Rachel Hollis love her work as well and hers is just the the Rachel Hollis podcast I haven't listened to that so much more recently but again I go in and out of phases and then sometimes if it's not podcasts then I'm listening to audiobooks instead so yeah but those would be probably the ones that I'm listening to most recently now my favorite books okay I've written down a list but I'll, I'll try and select a few. Um, 
I think if I had an all-time favorite book or just one that was so pivotal in my journey, it would be Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh. Oh my goodness, that was amazing and such a such a good read. Uh, I actually listened to the audiobook of that one as well, and I quite liked it because it was the two different voices, which was really nice to to kind of understand the book a bit better. I actually listened to that when I was volunteering at a health retreat in uh, Australia back in 2017, kind of the middle of 2017, when I was really in this big pivotal yeah, big, big transition kind of period. So that was pivotal for me at the time. Highly, highly recommend. I've listed out a whole lot of other ones. I'm just going to rattle them off. Um, yeah, hope these spark something in you. Oh, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Such a quick, easy read, but so good. Uh, that's really about, uh, you know, this internal war that we have with our own creativity and self-expression. Highly recommend that. Oh, probably actually my second all-time favorite personal development book would be The Third Door by Alex Bayanan. I, I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly, but it's called The Third Door. So fascinating. A really fun, easy read. Uh, lots of lots of little nuggets of wisdom throughout the book. He essentially interviews the most successful people in the world in their fields and wants to know their clues and, and their um, recommendations for success. So I loved that. It was really, really good and really inspiring. Oh, one of my favorite books, Mastering Your Mean Girl by Melissa Ambrosini. As I mentioned earlier, she's been so pivotal early on in my journey uh, and such a huge inspiration for me. So her book, Mastering Your Mean Girl, is wonderful. Uh, it's essentially about the inner critic, which, as you know, is my jam. So that's also a really wonderful read. Uh, gosh, anything by Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now or A New Earth? Both uh, harder to read, but really like key key core concepts that are really amazing. Oh, love Gabby Bernstein and her book, The Universe Has Your Back. Amazing. Loved it. Brené Brown. Love all of her work. Oh my goodness, she is such a light. I particularly liked the book, The Gifts of Imperfection. I would highly recommend that one, but anything by Brené is just fantastic. I am more recently reading Earth is Hiring by Peter Kelly. Uh, what else have I got here? Oh, lots of other goodies. One on money. So uh, I loved this one by Denise Duffield Thomas called Get Rich Lucky Bitch. Amazing. Love the way she teaches about money and money mindset and things like that. So, so good. Oh, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. Yes. So good. I loved that read. Highly recommend. Uh, what else have I got here? Oh, Rachel Hollis's books. She's written several, but I love the two called Girl, Stop Apologizing. Or there's another one called Girl, Wash Your Face. I've read both and they're so, so good. Definitely recommend those. And then the last one I've written down is Everything is Figureoutable by Marie Forleo. I love Marie Forleo. She's wonderful in the coaching world and yeah, really loved her book. So those are some of my favorite books. Sorry, there was a massive list there, but I hope you had a pen and paper and could jot some of those down. Alrighty, I'm going to do another few questions. So what is the advice that you have for your younger self? What would I tell younger Evie? 
oh, I haven't actually thought about this or written anything down for this question. What would I tell her? Oh, I would tell her that you know, that you absolutely know, and all of the things that you do know are absolutely true, and you don't have to second guess yourself or doubt yourself, and your inner critic's just total BS. And to deeply, deeply trust in herself, that she has all of the answers within her. Yeah, I think that would be it for me. That then nicely leads me to the next question, which is what have been some notable lessons that you've now that you're now grateful for? What have been some notable lessons that you're now grateful for? Hey, I did a whole podcast on this exact question, which is episode number nine. It's 30 lessons in 30 years. So I did that for my birthday last year. Go check that out. There is literally 30 lessons in there so it's so fascinating and it was actually a really fun episode to create and I actually got heaps of wonderful feedback about that one so I think you'll love that one too especially if you're liking this episode so far so go check out episode number nine I'll link it in the show notes below uh yeah look if there was one lesson hmm I think it's again what I would tell my younger self is essentially learning to deeply trust in myself And then probably before that to allow me to trust in myself was really dialing down my inner critic and learning why it was there and what it's all about and how to connect back into my intuition and listen to that loving inner inner dialogue or it's, it's inner knowing and inner wisdom instead and really, really trusting in that, trusting in myself. I think that's been such a pivotal lesson in my own personal development world at work and journey, you know, in my early to mid twenties. And that was just so powerful and absolutely wouldn't be here today doing what I do now if I hadn't have done that in a work on myself. So very, very deeply grateful for that. A hundred percent. Alrighty, we're going to shift gears into a few more about coaching. Someone asked, how did you know that you wanted to become a life coach? Mm, Good question. The short answer is that I just knew. Like I always, I always knew that, I always knew, I always knew that I was here for something really big. I always knew that I had this deep sense of needing to help people in a really big way in their lives, like really changing people's lives. If you, I think I've shared this story many times on the podcast before, so apologies for repeating myself if you've heard this before, but when I was younger, you know, when people would ask me what I wanted to do when I grow up, I would always say that I really want to help people. And that was really confusing at the time because I was like, but what does that mean? Like, what job does that equate to? Because essentially all jobs are helping people in some way or form, right? But it was just like, I really, really deeply wanted to help people in a really big and meaningful way. I really wanted to change people's lives for the better. And I didn't know what a life coach was then. And it wasn't really a thing probably back then, or it was just starting off. And so I didn't have the words to articulate that. I didn't know what that looked like. And so for me, at the end of high school, I was looking into either becoming a teacher or becoming a physio. Those were kind of my two key, 
ideas and thoughts and I actually got a scholarship to study physiotherapy and so it kind of helped make up my mind but absolutely physio was right for me at that point in time and I look back and I have so much gratitude and yeah just and deeply grateful that I did do that and it was just so wonderful like I still have so much love for the profession and it was just a wonderful way for me to help people it really really was and so that was it for me for a long time until I reached my sort of my mid to late 20s. It was probably around the age of like mm, a little bit of 26, but definitely when I was 27, it was my big turning point. And that was really my Saturn's return, if you've heard of that uh, before, where we kind of have these pivotal moments in our lives. And normally it's in your late 20s, around the age of, yeah, late 20s or, or 30s. Um, sorry, late 20s or around the age of 30, where we have this awakening within ourselves and we realize that there's more. And that was absolutely the case for me. And so I just kept exploring what that was. And I obviously, if you know my personal journey, I yeah had to do a lot of healing work when I was younger. And in my early, early 20s, I think I was about 21, it was kind of my rock bottom, which was bizarre because at the time it was like, I'm 21, like <laughs> this is meant to be amazing when you're feeling like so good. Um, you know, I was at university, I was doing amazingly well there, I was getting A's, I had an amazing group of friends, you know, I was out partying and doing all of the things, you know, that 21 year olds do, but yet I felt really, really unhappy and unsatisfied and all of those things inside, like internally, my life looked amazing on paper on the external, but inside it really didn't look so great. And there's so many layers to my to my journey, which we won't go into here, but absolutely come chat with me if you want to know more specifically, we can chat about it together. But yeah, that was kind of my journey. And, um, and then I got to a point where, yeah, I hit my rock bottom and I realized that I needed to do lots of inner work and healing. And I went to see a psychotherapist and I thought I was only going to be there for one or two sessions and then two and a half years later I came out the other end and oh gosh it was probably the hardest thing I've ever done but the best thing I've ever done and it was so so worthwhile for me. It was really what I needed at the time to do all of the healing work that I needed to do but I got out the other end and I was kind of like but now what? Like I kind of felt better inside I was in a much better space but then I was like but I still got this loud inner critic I still don't really believe in myself I still hold myself back all the time I don't really own my worth and my strengths I'm still a people pleaser you know I I just wasn't living my best life and I was like but there's got to be more like there's really got to be more and so I kept looking and searching and just kind of opened my eyes up and then I just stumbled across coaching online life coaching and then I literally just it was love at first sight like I just loved it so much I started following everyone online reading all the personal development books I did online courses and programs with coaches I then did one-to-one coaching with with other coaches I got into all the podcasts and all of that stuff and I just loved it it was just so so me but also super helpful for me like it was really the missing puzzle piece on my journey it was the thing that got me from where I am to where I wanted to be it really enabled me to do the stuff 
to, you know, to change my mindset, to really learn how to dial down my inner critic, to create that inner connection with myself and listen to my intuition instead, to dial down my people pleasing and, you know, to set boundaries and be authentic to myself and be true to myself, to stop holding myself back. Like all of the tools that I'd been searching for came through coaching. Like that's where I learned them. And it was absolutely life-changing for me hands down, life-changing, the best thing. And like, like, I just literally love it. And that's when I was like, okay, I know that this is for me. Like, I was like, that's what I was talking about when I was younger. And I said that I really wanted to help people like this, this was it. And it was an intuitive pull. It was an intuitive nudge. It was just an inner knowing, like, I just know that this is right for me, even though it didn't make sense on paper even though it was scary as hell and there was so much uncertainty around it, I still kept coming back to the same thing. I was like, physio doesn't give me the same feeling that I do when, I ha- when I'm with a coach or when I'm learning about this stuff. Like, it really, it really didn't. And it was game-changing for me. It was life-changing. And so I was like, imagine if I could give this gift to someone else. I was just like, oh, that would just be the best thing ever and also funny little side note there was lots of little things that gave me confirmation as well along the way and I looked back and I was just like these were just little nudges from the universe they weren't coincidences they were just nudges and I remember me and my best friends as a group of four of us and they're my best friends throughout school and we're still best friends now And I remember we used to have like sleepovers and chat and talk for hours and, you know, do all the girly things as we were growing up. And they used to call me inspirational Evie from time to time because I don't know, that was just innately in me. It was just, I just used to love lifting up other people and I used to hate seeing other people put themselves down or limit themselves in other ways or not or not believe in themselves. And so I became inspirational Evie, which is so fitting. (laughs) It's really interesting and funny looking back on it now. Oh, there was lots of other little signs. Like I did the Strengths Finders test by um, Clifton. You can do it online. It That was also wonderful confirmation because my top few strengths kind of aligned to that as well. Um, so the first one being I'm, an, um, I'm a learner, I'm an achiever, I am excellent at communication. I also have my other strengths were belief, oh, responsibility and belief. And like when I was reading about them and learning about myself, it was just, yeah, a beautiful permission slip and confirmation that I was in the right place. And then, so I signed up to become a coach with the Beautiful You Life Coaching Academy and look, the rest is history. It was, yeah, hands down the best decision. So a long-winded answer to your question, (laughs) but I hope that's helpful and yeah, interesting to know perhaps. So how did I want to know? Yeah, that was partly my journey um, and it was just a deep sense of knowing. It was my intuition, like it really is my soul's purpose and I really believe that now. I, yeah, hands down, don't question it at all. Okay, I'm going to do a couple more questions. So uh, the other one about life coaching is, what is your favorite thing about being a life coach? Oh, if there was just one thing, I love it all so much, so, so much in so many different ways. I think it's watching people blossom and grow. 
like really watching people change their lives and step into their higher selves you know to get off to get over all of the limiting beliefs and self-sabotage and the inner critic and all of that stuff that just holds them back and then feeling their energy change as well I'm a really big believer in energy and I talk about it a lot. I feel it all of the time. I intuitively can read people really quickly. And so I feel people's energies change as we move through the coaching series. And I think that's the biggest sign that people have done the inner work because energy doesn't lie. So I think that's probably my biggest thing is just watching people grow and shine and blossom and yeah start to really believe in themselves and believe in their full potential and start to actually change their inner world and then slowly their external world shifts to then mirror that to the yeah to then align it it's so good honestly the best feeling ever for me already what do you love most about yourself in this lifetime oh that's a fascinating question what do you love most about yourself in this lifetime what do I love? Oh, it's hard to pick a just one thing. <laughs> so many things. What do I love? I love my ambition. I love my drive. I love my motivation, my discipline. Those are all things that come innately to me and always have been there in bucket loads. Um, but, you know, above that, it's probably, oh, a couple of things. It's probably my desire to really help people to be of service to really make a difference in people's lives and to make an impact on the world that's that's my mission and I love that about myself and I also love how intuitive I am and how sensitive I am and I really see that as my my superpower absolutely it helps me tenfold as a coach the amount of times I've had intuitive downloads through in coaching calls is just insane and the stuff that just comes through is just yeah it's just spot on like of course <laughs> but you know sometimes in my logical mind I'm like wow where did that come from but of course it's because I'm I'm on purpose I'm I'm connected I'm listening to my intuition I'm doing my soul's work so of course it comes naturally right I think that's my biggest thing yeah there's so many gosh that's such a beautiful question actually what a wonderful one to journal about, actually. Maybe if you're inclined to do some journaling soon, you should absolutely write that one down. What do you love most about yourself in this lifetime? What a beautiful, beautiful question. Thank you for asking that, my love. Alrighty, last couple of questions. Okay, this one was one that came through on Instagram and she said, how do you let go of resentment? She said, I do more than you in quotation marks, kind of thing. So how do you let go of resentment? Oh, this is an interesting one, a juicy one. And it's it's tricky because I, it's hard for me to coach you specifically on it. So I'm going to talk to this generally. But for the person who asked this question, can you please DM me and we'll chat some more about this so I can give you specific one-to-one -one coaching support with it because it's easier to know a little bit more of the ins and outs of it so then I can gain an idea or better idea about where you're at with it and then more specific support. So feel free to message me about this one. So how do you let go of resentment? I do more than you kind of thing. Look, I think resentment's like a feeling, right? 
resentment's a feeling and so what I would suggest is with any kind of emotional feeling that's coming up or any trigger is to really allow yourself to sit with that and allow yourself to feel it and express it to release those feelings and doing it in a really safe and constructive way. So what I mean by that is uh, go back and listen to the podcast episode that I did earlier on emotions and their energy in motion, e-motion. So when we know that energy um, emotions are energy, we know that the energy then needs to be felt and expressed and released from our body. And if we don't, then it's really hard to get rid of it, right? It's going to linger on making us feel a certain way for, you know, several hours, maybe some days and weeks, right? So I would really allow yourself some nice, quiet, safe, alone time, you know, go into your room, close your door or wherever you feel really safe and maybe write pen to paper about what's going on and what you feel the resentment around or towards. So writing out what's been happening and what's causing it and then talking yourself through how are you feeling physically and what emotions are coming up for you and how you can feel them, express them and release them. So for example, it might feel uh, like it might be tight, heavy, might feel really constrictive in your chest. It might mean that you have shorter, shallower breaths or you feel like a bit of anxiety almost in your body. And so I would write those physical sensations down describe them to yourself and really try and close your eyes and breathe into that area of your body that you're feeling them and breathe into that area and allow yourself to feel them and as you feel them you're releasing them. I hope that makes sense. Like I said, go back and listen to the other episode where I explain that concept a little bit more for you in detail. So writing, journaling, feeling the feeling, expressing it and making a bit more sense of it. Like, why is this person triggering me? Why do I feel resentment towards this person or this situation, for example? And really getting honest with yourself. This is sometimes the work that's pretty uncomfortable. Yeah, it's not not normally pleasant, but it's so, so worth it. Because the trade-off is that you then go through your day feeling the same way, unless you actually be brave enough to sit down and address it and look into it for yourself first. So I always recommend doing that yourself first, like really getting clear on what it is, why it's coming up, what is it telling you, feeling the feelings, releasing them and expressing them. And then coming back with love, acceptance and forgiveness whatever that might look like for you. So is it that you need to give yourself a little bit more love and acceptance? Maybe you need to give that to the other person. Maybe you are able to get some more perspective on it and get, you know, a little bit more objective when you're writing it out and journaling and after you've released some of the emotional charge from it. So is there is there love, acceptance or forgiveness that you need to give yourself, someone else or the situation here? Is it a case of surrendering to the season that you're in? You know, really reducing that self-pressure or the inner critic. Maybe maybe there's some work there. I'm not sure if that rings true for you, but it could be. Or maybe it's that, you know, you're a people pleaser or you're, you know, say yes to all of the things or you're doing everything and feel like you're doing everything. And maybe you are. 
but you haven't communicated your boundary around that or you haven't allowed yourself to be really truthful and honest with yourself and saying, you know, allowing yourself, giving yourself permission to say no, giving yourself permission to set those healthy boundaries for yourself to really look after yourself as well. You know, maybe there's an element of needing a little bit more time to yourself, a little bit more self-care and a little bit more love so that you can recharge and refill yourself so you're not giving from an empty cup. So we could look at this, this idea or this question from lots of different angles, right? And so take the bits that are resonating with you and, and hitting home and landing and feel free to discard the rest or come chat with me on Instagram. We can talk a little bit more about it. And just lastly, the other thing I would say here is once you've kind of thought about yourself, addressed it yourself, released the emotions, made sense of it, you know, maybe thought about it in a new perspective, given yourself some love and time and energy, the stuff that you're craving and really needing right now, then afterwards, if it's about someone else um, or a situation or something, is then being really brave and communicating that with love and really practicing clear communication you know speaking from the heart speaking with love asserting your boundaries and your needs and your wants and desires but in a really loving understanding way big question I hope that helps but like I said reach out if it doesn't and we can chat some more about it more than happy to give you some coaching in our dms on instagram already lucky last this is Oh, a really big juicy question and I could share so much on it, but I'm going to keep it succinct because I realize this is a very long episode for my little solo ones. So the last question is, what are your top strategies for living a fulfilled life in all aspects? What are your top strategies for living a fulfilled life in all of your aspects? Oh, so much goodness in here. I could go anywhere with this one. If I was to be like boil it down to a couple of key things and also ones that I support my clients with, the things that have been so pivotal for me in my journey is probably first and foremost is learning to learning about what the inner critic is and how you can dial it down so that it doesn't sabotage you. It doesn't keep you in a world of self-doubt and fear And so that it doesn't hold you back because I think our inner critics can almost keep us in like this mental prison, like a cage around us where we have to do the shoulds and the shouldn'ts and you can't do the wants and desires and you have to be a people pleaser and you have to think things through and do the logical answer. And that means that if we're living in our heads and our minds and our inner critic or other people may call it the ego, is that essentially then you're not connecting with your true self. You're not listening to your intuition and it means that then most of the time, generalization, but most of the time we're not living an authentic life that's aligned and true for us. And so if we're thinking about living a fulfilled life, I don't think the inner critic's going to give you much fulfillment, right? Because it's always like, oh, you should be doing this or shouldn't be doing this or you need to look a certain way or be a certain way or do a certain thing or stay in your comfort zone and I yeah I think learning that is probably key and first and foremost and then of course in doing so that's going to then allow you to really be able to dial that right down so that you can hear your intuition or your soul's voice so finding a way to create that inner connection is so so wonderful so for me uh, you know some ideas 
for you as well and what have worked for me and my clients is things like meditation, journaling practices, uh, using things like oracle cards or angel cards are another fun way to help connect with your intuition and the, the higher powers that be. So finding some sort of daily practice that you really like that enables you to create that inner connection with yourself so that you can hear your intuition and then you can live from that place. The other two key things I would like to say here is starting to do the inner work to create inner confidence, self-belief and trusting in yourself deeply deeply trusting in yourself so that no matter what happens you'll be okay that you've got your own back that you're on the right path so connecting with your intuition yes but then also backing it up by creating that inner confidence the belief and the trust in yourself because then you're going to actually do the things that you love you're going to be brave enough to take the courageous action to leap out of your comfort zone to you know align your job and your career your relationships your location all of those things aligning them to your true self to your authentic self so that it feels amazing so that you live a fulfilled life And this goes for any aspect of your life, right? Like your health and fitness, it could be your mental well-being, it could be your job and your career and your passion and your purpose, it could be your relationships, it could be your relationships with money and your finances, with your families, like every aspect of your life is going to be influenced by that. So those would absolutely be my key practices and and, um, strategies around that and then last but certainly not least is creating a daily gratitude journaling practice write down at least three things that you're grateful for every single day because there is no way to feel another emotion if you're sitting in gratitude it is such a beautiful beautiful thing to do every day you'll see all of the goodness around you that's there every moment and every day that sometimes we may not have been open to seeing before if we've been in our inner critics and that negative mindset, for example. And also the other wonderful byproduct of that is that, you know, when we sit in gratitude and abundance, that's sorry, when we sit in gratitude, that's when abundance happens. You know, we can't call in for more or ask for more if we're not already grateful for what we already have. And there is always, always something to be grateful for. Alrighty, my loves, that is it for our Q&A podcast. Gosh, that was a long one. I wasn't expecting to talk that much. (laughs) Clearly, I had a lot to say. But hey, I hope that was fun for you guys. Thank you for listening right to the very end. If you have more questions for me, please fire them at me. I love doing these kind of episodes. So maybe I'll do another one a little bit later on in the year because it's always so fun. So let me know what lands, what you loved. Reach out to me on Instagram. Say hello in the DMs. Connect with me. I love it so, so much. Alrighty beauties, I'm going to leave it there. Have a beautiful, beautiful day and I will see you on the podcast again really soon. Bye. Wasn't that epic? For all of the details and things we talked about in today's show, you can check them out in the show notes and that's over at evelynkelly.co.nz forward slash podcast. 
And if you can think of anyone who would really benefit from this episode, then please share it with them. And while you're there, I would be so grateful if you could leave me a five-star review in iTunes so that we can get this podcast out to even more humans and create a ripple effect throughout the world. 